space. It's fucking big. These are the voyages of the starship Willful Child. Its ongoing mission to seek out strange new worlds on which to plant the Terran flag. To subjugate and if necessary obliterate new life forms. To boldly blow the... Hey, 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 AJ, AJ. Yeah, yes, yeah. What, what, what are we doing? I was just doing a little, my little soliloquy, my little intro for this. But I guess I don't, on the show we talk about the Malazan books, so... No, Pete, not this one. This is the, this is the space one. Uh, well, I know the books are a little trippy and like the magic, like maybe if you want to say you're in space, like Warren's, do you mean maybe... But I, yeah. I don't know if I would. Yeah, characterize I mean, Warrens it. are spacey, but no, I mean like actual, like sp like real space. Like I get, I have the Steve Erickson book right here, Pete, the space one. Oh, his science fiction satirical book, Willful Child. Yeah, yeah, the the Star Trek uh, farce, yeah. Willful Child. Well, by I Steve remember Erickson. he mentioned it when we interviewed him. I don't know if you heard. We did. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for we, asking. Yeah, we did uh, talk yeah. to him. Yes. Um, this bit is too long. The bit's way too long. We killed <laughs> the it. The bit's way too we long. Dragged the bit we dragged the bit way a mile hey. down the road and murdered it. Hey, welcome to 10 Very Big Books Presents Willful Child by Steve Erickson. Yeah, we read another book. It's yeah, we read a, a separate book. It's different this time. Uh, yeah, and we're only going to spend one episode talking about it instead of eight. Yeah, which will, which will be nice, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I could yeah. spend eight episodes talking about the book. Like, uh, I don't know. I think we could. Anyway, I'm AJ Filari, producer of 10 Very Big Books, producer and editor. I'm Peter. I'm usually here. So yeah. I don't... Peter is always here. So with us today... We have a special right? guest. We have a special guest, uh, Star Trek uh, aficionado and expert, Nathaniel Alabaster Quinn. Oh, you guys are too kind. Also, that's not my name. Uh, my name is sure. Nathan Quinn, and uh, expert Alrighty. is probably a little, little too much, <laughs> but I am a, a Star Trek uh, enthusiast. Sure, yeah. Glad to be joining you. First yeah. time, long time. That's why. <laughs> and that's why it's a good friend, and we want to bring him on for that, because mm -hmm. I would say, I don't know about you, AJ, I've watched maybe... Yeah. About a season in next gen about a mm -hmm. handful of original series but like sure. it's not i don't know i'm not deep in the paint Aj, what about you i have only ever seen clips i've never watched one full episode of any star trek ne never a full no. episode boys. Even. never a full oh, episode boys. that hurts me i have seen every live action episode and movie of star trek i have to say i have not gotten around to the star trek animated series because uh uh, the original series, I'm going to admit it, we'll get it clear the air right now. The original series was never my favorite, so I mm. never did make it around to the animated version of the original series, right. which is probably going way over your guy's head right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, anyway, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I guess I am the resident expert when yeah. it compares to you. I, I know two. so little about Star Trek that I can't tell if you not having seen that is consequential, inconsequential, right. or... Yeah, you know. no. uh, I would say rarely talked about, but uh, apparently people like it. Hmm. All right. Hmm. So uh, we all read this book. It is uh, significantly shorter than any one of the Malazan Book of the Fallen books. Yes. It's like not even a yeah. in interior book yeah, of, it's, of some of yeah. them. It, it yeah. comes out to, Three, to 320. Yeah. Well, that's with the that's with the preview of the of the next book. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And Nate, I, I, I don't think you've read any of the Malazan books, but it's 300, it's 300 pages, but also Erickson's writing here in such a completely different style. It is easy, breezy, cover oh, girl. It is so We're easy to read. Right oh, my through. God. 
it's a total comedy, you know. Yeah. Whereas, I was like, gonna say the Malzahn text is a is a bit denser. It's a, it's a, a very different denser. style when it comes to the prose, yeah. you know. Listening to you guys talk on uh, ten very big books about the Malazan, as I've now heard yes. it, it's supposed to be pronounced. Oh, expert name. <laughs> <laughs> I did listen to that episode. Uh, the Malazan series uh, sounds like. Uh, he just kind of wrote Willful Child as a fun uh, romp. Fun and flirty. And, yeah. It's, it's and, very and, fun. And for me, and then let's get into talking about it. You know, it, it was very interesting. Usually when I'm reading books to get away from reading Malazan so much, sure. I'm like trying to have a palate cleanser. I don't read more Steven Erickson. Sure. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But it was very interesting to read him kind of outside of the world of Malazan and... Um, outside of that setting and really outside of the genre because although they're both genre fiction i mean the the two are essentially unrelated you know yeah absolutely um yeah and uh there is a, a long history of authors uh writing books in the star trek universe proper and you know kind of adding their own stories to this canon because mm -hmm. there are official star trek novels uh, i've read a couple uh not a ton and but, uh, how are they eh, you know, hit and miss, as as you can imagine, from a, kind of a, a licensed product where the uh, the license holders probably don't care too much how the, the quality is. Mm, they just yeah. need to churn out product for people to buy. Yeah. Um, but uh, usually they are very, um, they're very dedicated fans who are precious about the Star Trek uh, mm. kind of universe and don't want to, uh, don't want to add anything or screw anything up. They're not like, they're not shipping any characters, for instance, in their, in their Star Trek novels mm. that are official. Whereas... Uh, Erickson clearly uh, wanted to have a have a go. Had to have a go. Yeah, we uh, did say it. say some things about Star Trek. <laughs> it was very fun. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way. That he said some things because they all went right over my head for the most part. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a there's a part in early on in the book where Hadrian Sawbeck, who is the captain uh, analog, I guess, right? He's, um, he's the main character. He is right? the main character of the book, right? He is the, the captain, captain of the Willful Child. He's the captain now. Yeah. Uh, he describes <laughs> yeah, his he's life. the captain now. He describes as living his life in episodes, which I thought was just funny because it's Star Trek. They have episodes. Yeah. It's yep. a bit into the book, but yeah. uh, they do actively acknowledge uh, another character says to, 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 the, to the captain uh, that they, they actually live their uh, his life in I mean, they in talk episodes. about a camera thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, several there, times several the AI references. will try and do a zoom in. Yeah, dramatic zoom in. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. So I just have a list of kind of uh, what I consider to be the uh, 17 episodes in this book. Oh, and I yeah. and I guess it's worthwhile saying, I guess we'll, we'll spoil the book, kind of. Yeah, but I think there's going to be spoilers, um, uh, but it's still extremely honestly, fun to read. I, I don't know if there's anything to spoil, you know? Yeah. That's my opinion. I It's... Yeah, honestly, the uh, I'll say it right now. The plot it's pretty light on plot. Yeah. It's more as such ep such an episodic thing where the the only kind of through line is what you learn about these characters right. and their motivation. I agree. Yeah, um, and even that pretty light, pretty yeah. fun, yeah, pretty so. pretty loosey goosey and low stakes. Yeah, you could kind of. I mean, if you wanted to be very uh, safe, you could not. I mean, listen, you don't even you know. Yeah, listen if you want. Look, you That's could, all you I could read say. this book in two days, like I did. Yeah. <laughs> I literally I read uh, five chapters. I don't know sometime over the last month, and then I read the last twenty chapters uh, yesterday and today. Uh, so yeah. So to listeners of the, of the ten very big books podcast, if you're reading the Malazan series along, yeah. this is nothing. Go ahead. Yeah, and this Stop is literally, this is quite literally read nothing. This in, in 
two days, yeah. not even. And uh, I just got to say, I don't know. Back. We have a nebulous format for how we're going to tackle the book today. Mm -hmm. But Tammy, top character, yes. number one. Tammy I'm a Tammy <laughs> fan. You know, yeah. take me, you know. Yeah, that's my official so, stance. No, Peter, no format bond wants to come out and say, uh, uh I just so want to take a stab because I kept reading. I kept being like, man, she gets me, yeah. you know, but <laughs> she uh, gets you know, me. Yeah, I uh, just there, I'll stop you right there. Tammy does use uh, male pronouns, which honestly yeah. was there's a there's a lot of gender stuff going on in this book. And I have not decided what to think about it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Quick look at the characters. I think. Oof. I don't know who my favorite character is, actually. I'm a big fan of um, Jimmy Eden, the, the comms mm. officer who just keeps getting switched out with his with uh, <laughs> Adrian's cousin. With the other comms officer. Yeah, yeah Pulaski. One of them is always... Uh, I love the cousin. Yeah. Attack. The cousin's very funny. There's a whole cast of them, and you meet them early on. There's kind of a scene where you kind of go through and mm -hmm. meet Printlip and... Yeah. Oh, whole... Printlip. Uh, Printlip's yeah. great. Printlip, the doctor on the ship, is basically just a beach ball. Uh, with arms and legs, and the more he talks, yeah. the more he deflates. Oh my god! <laughs> I will, I will say, Erickson has been very, very inventive uh, as far as his alien uh, descriptions yeah. and, and inventing his aliens go. Mm. Uh, I'm sure that's a stab at Star Trek, who famously uh, just kind of takes a human shape, yeah. throws some uh, some prosthetics on there, yeah. uh, or as the guys over at the Greatest Gen podcast call it, loaf. They just kind of put some meatloaf on the top of a head and. <laughs> Call it a day. That's yeah. a new alien. Yeah. Or like uh, uh, in the J.J. Abrams ones, they just painted people. It was yeah, like, it's just yeah, a red alien. Green. <laughs> yep. Let's just get uh, this person in the in the makeup chair and we'll call it a, call it a new alien. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Eric's has been really inventive. It's really nice to see uh, what what kind of uh, aliens uh, he can come up with, especially when your your medium is books where you can kind of describe anything and that's the way it is you don't have to come up with a makeup department who can make that happen right yeah he yeah. describes one one species later in the book as a like a doorstop from the from the eyebrows up <laughs> and that is something that uh i don't i don't think you guys uh dig a ton into it other than just kind of generally praising erickson's descriptions his descriptions of you know situations or people or, or or new alien species are just sparse enough to give you a fun mental image yes um he does yeah. not give you much detail, but what he, what he does give you just kind of creates in your head a, an image. Go, oh, okay, I know what a doorstop from the forehead up looks like. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And 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 whatever you're picturing, great. That's the alien. Yeah. It's very yeah. fun. He's definitely quickly able to convey all all of that information. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of his strengths as a writer. And additionally, if we're speaking about the world, I think it's so funny that like even in this the lightest, most satirical of novels in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, Erickson can't help but, like, world build yeah. and create this whole little future yes. universe. Oh, my God. Mean? In the first 20 pages, there's so many references to uh, random uh, uh, organizations and, and the mm -hmm. Church of Science. The, uh, the Church the of Science. Miss Anthari yeah. debate, the way the technology works. It just yeah. uh, all yeah. kinds of things about quantum physics. Just mm -hmm. throwing them in Manifesting there just because you can. And, and displacing and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's great. The insistion and... and uh, the insistion, yeah. The argument. Uh, all mm. kinds of interesting stuff going on there uh, that yeah. he just gets to play around with. It sounds like he, he has a hard time not setting up an entire universe to play in <laughs> before It, it did ready. somewhat feel like... Yeah, I was like, you can't help yourself yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so... If I may, uh, mm, my favorite sure. character is uh, Lieutenant Galk, the, uh, the nihilistic oh. <laughs> uh, Varrican... Uh, 
yeah. weapons officer. Uh, just throwing it out there. He's very fun. I uh, thought it was very fun every time he showed up. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was the best. That was so, so good. <laughs> that was, Sorry. Back there's to, so many recurring bits. At, no, you're fine. There's so many recurring bits in this that just made me lose it every time. Oh, um, it's a comedy. It's the a whole comedy. book is yeah. just gags. Oh, it's fully just all <laughs> gags. It's so, so good. And it's very easy to kind of uh, pick up and put down where you, you'll read a few chapters and go, oh, that was that was fun. I can't wait yep. to see what this, this team gets up next time. It's very – Yeah, I can't wait. In, that, in that episode, it's the episodic nature really makes it easy to kind of ble- breeze through over the course of however long you want. Pick it yeah, up and put it I back agree, down. I agree. I agree. Yep, uh, and that's why not to harp back on the mouths or anything. It's yeah. so funny to have it be such a chill pickup put down thing because right. that's like normally not the vibe I associate yeah. with this author. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and this came out in in twenty fourteen, which is after the Malazan book of the Fallen is over. I think it's a thing he wrote. I wonder where it falls in comparison to the Kirkanis trilogy. I'll go into that. You don't sure say something more interesting um, than that. So I don't know. I just I just like I said, I took the notes on on what I considered to be the seventeen episodes. Um, so I think I'm just. Just gonna kind of read through them and then if yeah, anything sparks your, your fancy uh right off the bat uh the first episode i got bad i got bad news though sure if you just google steven steven spielberg comes up first so <laughs> erickson's got his, his money cut his, uh, his work we, cut we out gotta get it. our community uh googling uh, just start googling yeah, he's steve not erickson. the number one steve yeah. and that's a shame yeah. but you know maybe someday <laughs> maybe one day oh wow so it came out he, he it came out after forge of darkness let the record show great Anyway, sure. Dozo. Okay. So there's the prologue. We get introduced to everybody. Great. Uh, the first actual episode, I think, is they're um, in T space. Uh, and they, mm. or no, they're not in T space yet, I don't think, but they encounter a, a ship. Uh, with a rogue AI, and I'm going to pause right here because it was the first. <laughs> this is the first time this book made me uh, laugh uh, very hard. They they see the ship and the captain requests an extreme magnification on the target. Uh, something blazed on screen, a raging fire that bathed the entire bridge in blinding light. What is that? Hadrian demanded. Extreme magnification, sir. I think it's a thruster. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, <laughs> so. It was so good. It's just like, because you see all these things, um, you know, I don't know, I guess Star Trek for the most right. part, but like they'll zoom in and it's just like exactly where they need it to be. And it's just like, if somebody kind of doesn't know what they're doing, you're going to zoom in on a thruster. And it's like, absolutely. Enhance. Right. Uh, yeah, and by that point, exactly. we've, we've already met his kind of his crew there. Yeah. He's kind of done the whole rundown of, oh, this is my crew, uh, the, the weapons officer, yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Gaul, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we haven't gotten really a super good feel of who they are as people. And then that's the first instance where you realize, oh, this is like the D squad who have yeah. all been assigned to any ship based right. on With this fucking cloud, right, based <laughs> on his his entire whims, uh, which right. we find out are uh very aesthetic and very little mm-hmm. other reasons why he mm-hmm. picked uh, his crew and otherwise mm-hmm. uh, just entirely random. It's really the D squad. Yeah. Uh, so we come to find out. I, I, oh yeah, I think the screensaver too. Oh my god, yeah, the screensaver <laughs> bit was great. Oh, Another Star Trek um, reference because every time they're on Star Trek, they're they're uh, seeing the view screen in in hyperspace and and it or not in hyperspace. Excuse me, that's uh, Star Wars. Uh, mm. When they're at warp. Wow. Excuse me. <laughs> The uh, when they're at warp, the stars just stream past you as fast as it can mm-hmm. be, as if there's a you know a camera just pointing out to the to the ship. So right. uh, Hadrian Salvak, of course, he wants to see that. He wants to see stars <laughs> streaming by. He wants to right. see something. Whereas, yeah. but uh, of course, in, in T space, you can't see anything. So uh, they have to invent a, a screensaver to, to play on the main <laughs> screen for him. It's and so it, very uh, good. It does come up a few times. Something uh, something about kittens later, uh, and uh, he, he gets a run in with those kittens. 
and he uh yeah. he bars kittens from appearing on the on the the yeah. screensaver yeah that's after they <laughs> they encounter the uh self-aggrandizing self-aggrandizing time gate <laughs> yo the fucking best so take it back tammy self-aggrandizing time gate's the best character in the book uh, another great star trek reference uh oh really uh, combining a okay, couple I, yeah I, so uh all right hit me i don't i, I just assumed we were having fun with time i don't remember the the episode titles i want to say the naked now but uh that may be sticking my head for another you reason you don't need the, yeah the, the, if you can say whatever you want we will believe you <laughs> one, one of the original series episodes is just an excuse to send the the crew of the enterprise into uh 20th century uh, chicago or something uh mm-hmm. where they are all dressed up uh you know like gangsters or whatever because that was the set that was on the paramount uh lot that that week so uh they had to save some money and send the guys to 20th century earth so uh they uh they show up on a planet. I don't remember why, uh, and there's literally an arch that they just find, and uh, I think it's Bones goes through first. The Doctor ends up going through first, and they have to chase him down and go after mm-hmm. him. And uh, and there's all kinds of uh, I, I, oh yeah, because the because the one character goes through recklessly, yeah, but, so I guess but, it's because he's 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 high on Ur Ambien. It's yeah. it's very silly, uh, but so that's a, a perfect example of a Star Trek reference where it seems like Erickson is picking up these uh, these ridiculous premises from either the original series, mostly from the original series, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a, a lot of references to, to other Star Trek properties. Yeah, so how often are these episodes kind of direct riffs on OG Star Trek well, things? Well, it, seem, it seems like... Uh, Maybe half, maybe less than half seems to be direct references to Star Trek, kind of literal episodes. And other ones maybe are, you know, uh, the so I, I don't want to skip through AJ's order here, but the... Um, no, yeah, do whatever. We're, the, we're the losing episode here. Where they're, they're hunting the, the chicken with the, the Marines... Like- through the the bowels of the ship mm. is is totally yeah. is totally uh, an aliens reference and and Peter I'll have to yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. you lent me aliens a few years ago for me to watch for the first course, time so course. I finally get wow. all the aliens references but uh, <laughs> Erickson is happily borrowing from all kinds of uh, sci-fi properties to to yeah. get a, a fun fun activities for his his B squad D team whatever I said. Yeah. Uh, adventures i love that part because they're just like why do we have a sewer on the ship (laughs) it's just like well you know redundancies and there's like has it ever failed on any ship ever and they're like well no of course not and (laughs) another great moment from that uh is when tammy your your favorite character because of course uh i agree uh tammy is uh it turns out tammy is injecting uh spooky lighting and and uh (laughs) dripping noises (laughs) yeah yeah in the the sewers they shoot out in the the sewers and hadrian has to insist that she or he rather tammy turn off the uh the dripping sounds and the and the spooky lighting right the flickering lights i believe it was yeah it's it's very good very funny yeah it's funny you read the marines thing as an aliens riff i guess because of how much malazan i've read like there are a lot of marines in that series Mm. so i almost viewed it in a meta almost way do you mean Mm. but i'm i don't know marines exist in the real world so (laughs) (laughs) oh right before they get to the time gate actually we get the first they find that ice planet in t-space and they they displace into it and find that the, the ai that was supposed to uh help the Terran race that was there ascend or whatever couldn't do it because they didn't leave someone behind to hit the button. Right. And they were all <laughs> in limbo. They were yeah. all in limbo because nobody stayed behind to press the button. Right. Uh, and I think that's like the first time we get, I don't know, 
that Hadrian is actually kind of a good captain. I don't know. Um, just by virtue. Yeah, I don't know that, if I'll follow you on yeah, that. that debate train. is still. Uh, still I don't know if it's good bad. captain. Just like he is a problem solver, I suppose. But I think almost his problem solvingness. Yeah. I'm a great speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was almost more of a parody. Mm. Do you know I mean? Because like, isn't the idea that like they're riffing on that Captain Kirk for being a huge blowhard always saves the day? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? When, right. So I think it does seem that uh, the initial character sketch of Captain Hadrian seems to be what if uh, Captain Kirk's all of Captain Kirk's uh, qualities for being a blowhard and, and making the, the job more difficult than it needed to be just so he can save the day. Right. Um, what, what if that was his entire character with very, very few redeeming character, characteristics <laughs> instead of just a few, you know, a few more in, in Kirk, the, uh, the redeeming characteristics are still very few, but the show is about how he's the hero. And this one right. acknowledges, well, Hadrian kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I enjoy Tammy, because if the book, if the book's underwritten premise is that it's like about Hadrian being the hero, right? Because that's kind of what it's lampooning. Like T- Tammy is often the one undermining mm-hmm. him. Right. So I, I'm, I mean, plenty of people do the text itself even. But yeah, yeah. I, um, Tammy's a fascinating foil because Tammy is, on, on the one hand, being uh, the 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 person that Hadrian has to kind of prove his work on or show his work on his genius. So he's he's got the the problem in front of him, and he makes a weird action. And Tammy goes, "Well, Captain, why did you do that?" And he goes, "Well, of course, it's for this reason." And everybody right. goes, "Oh, of course! Oh my God, it's genius!" <laughs> yeah. And then on the other yeah. on the other hand, Tammy's also frequently just kind of uh, uh, pulling a wedgie on Captain Hadrian and going, "No, you're a <laughs> A dumb idiot, and here's why. <laughs> Pulling a wedgie. That's very yeah, I mean, good. He's, she, uh, yeah. Tammy's constantly no, catching sure. him off guard and uh, making his his life. It's a really interesting dynamic, a, a cool give and take that I think uh, it seems like Steve Erickson, uh, this is going to be just kind of almost an empty compliment, really kind of uh, had to sit down and, and work hard to find out, well, what kind of character could possibly play off of the a genius? Oh, mm-hmm. it's a it's a an AI, which is also a genius. Yeah. It, they yeah, have to both genius. be geniuses. Right. Yeah. It has to kind of be the, the Sherlock Moriarty thing where they're rivals, but also they respect each other, that kind of thing. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. They're, on, they're on the same playing field. Right. And I think that's where the dynamic comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do we want to get into the discussion of uh, what the worth of, of an anti-hero is, with, whether it's uh, it makes for a, a hero in like, does Hadrian ever live up to being a hero or is he anti-hero the whole time? Mm. Let's bite into it. Interesting. It's tough. I don't know if I'd call him an anti-hero. Um, yeah. Would you, AJ? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that distinction is t- too generous in a way. Where it's like, <laughs> like I don't know. I so think he's, he's a villain. Just like, he's not even an anti-hero. He's, he's just, just like a villain. he's just like a big asshole. Like he's <laughs> he's not really right. a hero or an anti-hero. He's just a big asshole. Yeah. And, and and it does seem that uh, I'll say that the Willful Child coming out in 2014 places it, mm. I think, just around the time that Breaking Bad is ending, which mm. I think was a huge, obviously, a huge zeitgeisty moment for the anti-hero yeah. in general. It seems like yeah. Erickson is kind of already poking fun at the idea that uh, these main characters are anti-heroes. 
and uh, oh, but they've got a heart of gold or or whatever that mm-hmm. is. You know what I mean? Like every every turn, it seems like Hadrian's uh, there. He's trying to say, oh, Hadrian means well, and his 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 goals are lofty. It's like okay, but he also uh, did a really gross thing last time, or yeah, he, uh, he also murdered a bunch of people, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's uh, very interesting to to play with our expectations that this antihero, if we want to even give him that much, uh, yeah is is a uh, is redeemable or, or worthy of anything more yeah. see i guess i feel like i can't even go to that zone because i mean i think you're i think you're dead on with most of that um but like erickson like the book's not subtle do you mean we're not <laughs> right. we're, there, certainly not i don't know how many i don't know how many layers there uh, there is in this particular sandwich and what i mean is <laughs> That, that's and I don't mean to take it as a, a critique. It's just like you know, it's a comedy book. It's right. It's pretty clear what's going on, right? And I feel like vis a vis Hadrian being a huge tool bag. Like I, I, I don't understand how you could read this book and not instantly feel like this dude fucking sucks. You know? Yeah. yeah so, well, so maybe we should uh, elucidate for the the listener who pl- has no plans to read Willful Child and is just listening yeah. to this as a fun uh, uh, break between Malazan chapters. Sure. Uh, so Hadrian picked uh, most of his bridge crew because they are attractive women, for instance. Yep. Uh, yeah. He uh, is constantly hitting on every woman. Uh, serial sexual is harasser. He's, yes, he's that is literally harasser. in my it's, notes is serial sexual harasser is what I wrote. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the very first things acts he does as a captain is he orders them to uh, to murder a, a bunch of uh, mm. folks on I don't remember some, yeah. some some planet on the on the edge of our solar system or whatever that had colonized there or something. It's it's genocide. And they call it out in the text. They they tell mm. him this is genocide, Captain Hadrian, and he does it anyway. So uh, from the <laughs> get go, we're not meant to uh, believe that this guy's a good guy, yeah. right? Which. Yeah, I I I don't even know if we're like supposed to be rooting for him. I didn't right. mean, yeah, like, that was that was the thing is like to, to call him an antihero. I think I had to root for him in one way or another, and it like <laughs> I was fair. just kind of reading it to be like, what's this dumbass gonna do next? Like, yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. I I don't think I've had a ton of experiences where because you know in Breaking Bad or, or or insert other antihero narrative here, right? They're constantly driving between the two parts of oh well, we want you to root for him, but also he's a bad guy. How can you root for the bad guy erickson makes it very very clear very early on that hadrian is not a good guy and is not to be rooted for so it's 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 reading a narrative where uh the 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 bad guy gets uh gets kind of you get to watch him accidentally do good sometimes but most of the time just fuck around the universe right yeah and i think i think the reason like because there's as we've talked about the the plot and the dramatic stakes is somewhat low so i feel like I find no qualms in following kind of an objectively a tool bag into, yeah. I don't know, joke, the joke comedy central zone, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're, I think it's interesting that Erickson did it this way instead of making Captain Kirk, but a little dumber. Like that could also have right. been, if he had gone with a dumb character, that could have easily been the way to just be joke central. You know, yeah. every new episode's yeah. a new way of making fun of this character. But because Erickson made him smart, it makes it that every bad action he ends up making is on purpose. He did it on purpose. He know, yeah. knew full well the outcomes. He no. He's not an idiot. He knows that he's uh, causing harm. And he does it anyway. Yeah. But I think that's wrapped up a little bit in like Erickson taking swipes at humanity, if you will. 
Um, yeah. Well, and and uh, I'll uh, I'll hit you guys with a hot uh, Star Trek theory. Um, sure. I think uh, Erickson makes a bunch of references that this uh, universe that he's created here with the I forget what they call it the uh, it's not the alliance it's the a something the affiliation the affiliation. Yeah. Uh, uh, that this affiliation may take place in a mirror universe to our own. He describes all of the kind of sloth and uh, and uh, habits, bad habits of humanity as we know them. But uh, then he kind of uh, picks up some interesting mirror universe tropes from the Star Trek mirror universe, the, the canonical Star Trek mirror universe, which for the uninitiated uh, which are Peter and AJ who are staring at me the right now in confusion as to where well, I'm going I know, with this. I know, didn't the, those 2009 movies take place in a mirror universe? Uh, that, oof. Oh, no, ooh, I'm thinking of a different... Call. You know, I know, actually, I recall what you're talking about now with the mirror stuff. So, I, yeah, I'm, so, I'm here, uh, I'm with you. Those, <laughs> to get real, real deep, those two trust the J.J. Abrams, Star Trek, and on uh, take place in an alternate timeline, whereas what, what? I'm talking about is I almost the mirror them the, universe. I almost called them the Kellenved time. Timeline. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, so the mirror universe is is kind of uh, what if all of the uh, cast of the original series had uh, goatees and were evil and ah. they worked for the the Terran Stellar Empire and uh, mm. and they were fascist basically instead of being the explorers and do gooders that we know from the regular episodes. So it was kind yeah. of an excuse to have a, a one off episode that takes place on the ship. You know, suddenly uh, Prime Universe, our original Captain Kirk's, gets teleported to this alternate fascist universe and he's got to blend in he's got to figure out a way to get back to his own universe so um, what the fuck i, I almost want to <laughs> say that uh there's i should find this note because uh, erickson says something about the fascist uniforms of yeah the there's fully i think he's talking to i think he's talking to sindauer or something and and she's she's making a comment on his one of his many costume changes uh of these like flamboyant very you know captain kirk-esque outfits you know colorful shirts and and all that yeah. uh and he sa- he says to her you know here it is. I have it. Page 64. He's he's talking to uh, the adjutant, Lauren Tai, who is ah. kind of the uh, the enforcer, the affiliations, uh, basically the SS officer aboard the yep. ship. And he says, uh, most Terrans in the affiliation either don't care or they haven't the wits to care. In fact, adjutant, we're run by fascists in all but name. And she says, no, we're not. And he says, look at that uniform you're wearing, Ty. Black on black on black with that red lightning bolt. Please. How many useless wars have we us have us Terrans dragged the whole affiliation into? So I think he's making reference to the fact that we... Uh, if we're not careful, this is our future. This this mirror right. uh, warmongering future. Uh, and what if uh, not? What not if our the... present for sure. Oh sure, uh huh, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what if what if the uh, the the Captain Kirk who was teleported to or transported to the uh, to the the evil mirror universe was not the do gooder Captain Kirk, but the the monomaniacal kind of uh, he's he's just entirely self centered version mm. of Captain Kirk. This hatred is he's is isn't Captain Kirk himself. somewhat self centered in the first place? Yeah, but he think he thinks he's doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hadrian knows he's not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I think my favorite of the episodes um, may be the Time Gate one, but I, great. I think I had the most fun when they went down onto planets. Sure. Well, do you know what I mean? And and they make reference to that uh, being the the most interesting thing, uh, kind of uh, because Hadrian is always angling for an away mission. Yeah, yeah, fighting, yeah, yeah. Fighting Tammy for the prospect. Tammy's entire goal is to kind of get to the other other end of the known galaxy, 
And he's right. like, but Tammy, there's a perfectly good uh, planet here with interesting adventures to behold. Yeah. Why can't we stop and land? And Tammy's entirely trying to keep him on track and uh, and right. he'd much rather have an episode. Uh, yeah. Because Although I like uh, the it turns out with the Clarg too. The Clarg are a fun the, enemy. The Clarg the are clang? fun. You mean? The, the clang, clang. right. The, sorry. The, yeah, the, the Ragellac and the Clang that happened back to back. Yeah. 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 Oh, the Ragellac um, confrontation is in, in so good where they keep sending the antimatter bombs over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they Ooh. keep trying he keeps tricking them into yeah. uh, beaming the, the bombs aboard yeah oh, just the very silly. masters a uh, lot of good names but it turns out that hadrian grew up watching star trek episodes so star trek yes. exists in this universe mm -hmm. and and that's entirely why hadrian has all of these polyester uniforms he keeps putting on because he wants to yeah. be just like captain kirk he yeah. is captain well, kirk the... because he he emulates him he idolizes him yeah and he always goes out, goes down with uh, no shield because he wants to sh come back with a ripped shirt. Yeah. Which I assume I mean, was a Star Trek reference. I don't really know. Uh, yes. Uh, Captain okay. Kirk is uh, constantly being ridiculed. Well, sorry. The the show is constantly being, being ridiculed. Not non-diegetically outside the, the show. Is being mm -hmm. ridiculed for showing up to a fight uh, and getting his shirt ripped by the end and, and having a hammer blow punches, which gets referenced as well. The, the two the two-handed kind of yeah, punch yeah. that ends up over yeah. the, the back of somebody's uh, neck. It's it's very much uh, uh, an original series fighting style uh, where somebody's shirt is bound to get ripped by the end. Yeah, I know we, we obliquely mentioned it earlier, and it sounds like we were all not enjoying the serial sexual harassment. Yeah, not great at all. I don't... Yeah, not I, a great like, look. I don't know what to make, uh, you know, like... I, I don't, yeah, I, have, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It um, really drives the point home that he's a scuzz man. Um, yeah, I think I think Erickson uh, does a, a pretty good job of <clears throat> making it clear that this is entirely reprehensible behavior and right. only only kind of comes up to the line of saying, well, maybe these people are into it, but never never crosses over there and says, uh, these people like this about him and, and are into it, because that, that would be beyond the pale. That would yeah, be, I that mean, would be he's not, kind yeah. of taking uh, sexual harassment and saying it's okay. But I, I don't think he ever com completely gets there. I think he um, he's kind of just showing us that this guy is is an unrepentant asshole. I I, I yeah. really don't I don't think Erickson is is blind enough to think that this is no this no. is a charming quality in this guy. I, I really yeah, don't definitely think not. So. I do, yeah. I do think for me like I did get the point. I could have done it maybe with a few less instances, but yeah. I, I, you know I understand the pattern as part of what it's demonstrating in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And yeah. and I I I in and of itself is part of a uh, reference to the original series of Star Trek because it, it, it's kind of had to be a, a, of its time, a, a TV romance that, you know, the, the first interracial kiss famously was on the original series of Star right. Trek between Kirk, the captain and his underling Lieutenant Uhura. So uh, granted uh, they were in altered states of mind at the time, which is kind of besides the point, but Star Trek has always been kind of looking for romance in mm -hmm. kind of questionable ways because it has its roots in such kind of uh, hierarchy. Yes. Yeah, so, well, such misogynistic times. The mm -hmm. 60s were not a good time. And, and uh, the, the team behind Star Trek originally were, were not known for being entirely, uh, entirely progressive sexually. They're just kind of generally progressive, I guess, for the 60s. 
but yeah. uh, m- most of their focus was kind of on, I don't know, it's, it's tough to say because they, they were ahead of their time in that they, they wanted women on the bridge in power, but they, right. um, they, they still made them to be sex objects. It's so, yeah. it's so tough yeah, yeah. to kind of analyze that history of Star Trek in, in, uh, and the, it, look at us three dudes talking about the history of feminism, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it's definitely kind of referencing that difficulty in, I guess you could kind of say sometimes he's doing the good job, but he's also a serial kind of sexual harasser and uh, not doing any favors to the women on his staff. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that goes perfectly into, uh, I hate to jump ahead, but one of the the last episodes. Has Please, Nate, f- this is free, us, freestyle. Yeah. There's no, there's well, no, we've lost the plot. One of the last <laughs> episodes finds yeah. Captain Hadrian being uh, transmogrified physically yeah. and also mentally question mark mm-hmm. into yes. a woman uh which was a little again very very close to that line yeah. just kind of kind of rough and gross a little bit uh yeah, what are yeah. your guys thoughts on that one i i really don't especially know especially with the mentally thing i don't know that's like i don't know what we're doing yeah here. Do you know what Adrian's I mean? pronoun switch like kind of but yeah. his or their parents still call them their son like, yeah I do like the pa- the parents showing up is funny, but yeah, like, yeah. and they everybody and, still calls him sir. It's yeah, it is and, confusing. And and halfway, Hadrian's so Hadrian's sexual identity switches from male to female, which like I guess fine, but also Hadrian's sexual uh, preference switches yeah. uh, from. Uh, heterosexual male it's like a it's like a very binary interested in females yeah. right yeah. to then being a female interest that they make reference that now that female hadrian is bi and interested in both men and women yeah it's right. like it's like okay i guess i guess uh i guess we're doing this now i guess we really yeah. have to dig into that yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah yeah, that I I have nothing else. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I really don't like. I, I feel like I can't say anything. I don't uh, jive with those parts. That's that. Yeah, I yeah, wasn't it definitely a made huge me fan, uh, and I wish that it ended, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah, it de- it, it but, definitely but, felt like. Uh, I mean, I I did feel like it was referencing um, uh, an original series episode that's like maybe sketchily in the back of my mind, but I can't recall any specific details. And and honestly, even if it was, maybe that one was uh, better left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I could see that if it was like a, a commentary on a specific episode, but yeah. but I don't know I, if you can't if you can't even think of it, Nate. Then I don't know if it was like a worthwhile commentary to make. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm I may be getting it confused with that Futurama episode where they uh, they end up on the uh, the planet of the Amazonians. Have you yeah, guys Amazon watched Future all of Futurama? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know the, that episode. You know, yeah. The, uh, the the episode that famously features Death by Snoo Snoo, uh, oh, yes. where these Amazonian women uh, suddenly became take control of these guys um so that's we got big zap Brannigan vibes oh yes well and that's one of the things i wrote down a whole series of different references that seem to be erickson seemed to be taking from popular culture aliens star trek but also futurama he's absolutely a zap Brannigan type which you know may be coincidence in that they're both they're both satires but but it's it's hard not to notice that kind of uh reference to the ridiculousness of Zap Brannigan also being the ridiculousness in Hadrian. Yeah. To put yeah. a button on the yes gender sex thing. Yes, go. First, I'd love to hear anyone's thoughts. So if any, first off, if anyone's read yeah. Willful Child, please email us. So I'd love to hear anyone else's thoughts about that. Books at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I feel like for the most part, it, it he's like, he's trying to lampoon 
the sexist era in which the original series was made mm-hmm. and sometimes it's more clumsy than other times you know yeah, yeah for sure for yeah sure. i would agree with that and yeah. and the the clumsiness does him no favors but the the parts where Agreed. he's roasting it does seem to land most of the but, time but like yeah. you know if you were to write about the series without writing about the objectification of women i mean do you get it like it would kind of be an omission in a way oh absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely because that is definitely a, a quality of kirk's you know there are it's, there are episodes where the 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 guest star that week is you know a, a woman and her her elderly father or whatever and the father's uh, a scientist or something and of course uh, kirk ends up with the, the daughter it's like it's it's very you know it's very gross it's that's the kind of thing it's it's all Nate, that now, so it would be it, you're right he would go uh, a miss not referencing it i i didn't watch all the way through next gen is there is there as much is there uh, as next, much of that vibe because i only next watched gen is yeah next gen is much better but there are still moments where um you know we're on a planet and uh so and so have to fall in love with the 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 beautiful person or there's hmm. the the episode famously where uh data the android needs to learn love uh and uh and well, he falls strange. in love quote unquote with uh with another officer on board or the uh the episode sorry stop me if you've heard this one <laughs> uh, the episode where Jordy laforge the engineer uh, creates a hologram of uh, uh an, another uh, engineer who's a woman that he looks up to uh in the holodeck and then uh ends up having a relationship on the holodeck with this woman but Jesus. record scratch then he meets her in real life and she finds out and yeah it's gross what so, the fuck is going on here yeah i mean so the next gen uh is a little better but also it has what are we Jordy doing Gene? unfortunately <laughs> yeah Jordy laforge kind of uh his whole vibe is very much uh uh gross it's it's very mm. much uh pickup artist type deal it's very much kind of uh hashtag lonely boy kind of stuff sure it's, it's kind of gross yeah. Yeah. all righty well let's let's throw a bun on that and, and age let's uh let's 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 get a favorite uh favorite episode from the two of you then we'll sure. maybe talk big picture and, and kind of wrap up the thing yeah that's great um i think god it's it's kind of a, a couple of episodes but they're all generally in the same exact area uh, when they meet the plog at the edge of the known uh, universe. Yes, I was going to say the plog. Um, and it's fucking this huge, you know, operation. And they're all the collective or whatever. Uh, uh, you're thinking of the Borg collective. This is the plog collected. Sorry, the plog collected. Yes, exactly. It's another Star Trek um, reference, of course. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, and he and and they ask for for just Hadrian's left eyelid, and he says, "Well, we can just clone you one." And they're like, "Hmm." <laughs> cloning right <laughs> uh, and then he just convinces them to basically just become space amazon uh and that's yeah. and that's the whole confrontation right. he, and they're like he, the big oh my god he writes an intergalactic treaty on behalf of the entire affiliation right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then they're just like okay and they leave and it's it's uh i think that's actually a really great example of something that Erickson said he does in Malazan, where it where he introduces a trope and then just shits all over it. Um, Absolutely. So he introduced like this huge alien race that is like, you know, made to consume. Uh, and then it was just power. like, well, no, right. And then it's just like, well, no, we don't actually need to, you don't need to do that. And then just like, oh, that with, okay. Yeah. I feel like he does that with so many races and things in the books. Like they stomp mm-hmm. into the room and then the balloon instantly starts deflating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, really quick. I think one of my favorite recurring bits with uh, Printlip, the doctor, uh, who's a beach ball, uh, yeah. is when Hadrian says, "Take my or give me your hand." No, not that one. Not that one. The one closer yeah. to yeah, that one. <laughs> it's, 
Or was we just gonna, are we going to read great quotes? There's yeah. a great quote where right before you give CPR, uh, Hadrian's like, ah, her mouth's open. I have a doll just like this. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's he's not subtle about how gross Hadrian is. So we're not meant to right. like him. I do. I do love that kind of no, stuff. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's the point. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I love I love that that goes right into the fight with the the battle with the phalanges where they're just shooting knickknacks back and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that another good one. It's yeah. Well, it's like that. It was written like a legitimate, like wild space battle. And like it was just them sending back and forth like tchotchkes and shit. And it's yeah. so and it's great. Right, that's that's the one where the ship is most under threat. That is the closest right. they come to destruction. Yeah, and it's an actual like battle, and they're going back and forth. Like, I audibly gasped at the end of that chapter when Tammy was like, "You know, I've been reading these grief pamphlets, and maybe you know, just why, you know?" <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Tammy turns into uh, one of the uh, the nihilistic people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not grief pamphlet. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, one of the the the, the Varican. Yes. Oh, it's so good. So that's that's my favorite episode, I suppose. Nate, you want to pick one? Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, it's probably one of the smaller ones. I don't even know if it counts as a full episode, but uh, Hadrian suddenly finds himself... It's because of the... I think it was the clang, the mm -hmm. goop made him start hallucinating. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And he, he hallucinates uh, a uh, mirror universe on his bridge <laughs> where everyone is uh, sexy and also touchy-feely. Yeah. Right, and attracted to him and wants to um, give every, uh, his enemies some frowns. Uh, it's just <laughs> just a very fun bit that suddenly uh, Print Lip comes up behind him, realizes he's hallucinating, and uh, mm -hmm. puts something in his neck to make him stop hallucinating. Uh, yep. just, a very, just a very fun, quick side bit where it's uh referencing that mirror universe stuff from star mm -hmm. trek and then getting it uh getting it quickly thrown away because that's silly let's get out of here yeah yeah mm. it was so well and he even talks about that too because that happens right at the tail end of the the aliens bit with the with the chicken uh where he's like oh if i go right here that'll be the bridge and then there is no right so he goes left and then that's right. the mirror bridge where everyone's attracted to him it's like ah literally a mirror mm. yeah pete Oh, I told you, I'm, I vote Timegate. Timegate's Pete's. Timegate's, yeah. Self-aggrandizing yeah. Timegate's so good. Uh, yeah. You guys have uh, favorite running gags, AJ? You've already talked about your print your print. Yeah, I've said a couple uh, already. Yeah, you, you, what are yours? You got, uh, you, it's share them, Nate. I think mine's uh, probably with the, the Marines who keep mm. showing up, uh, mm. who uh, will are basically indestructible. <laughs> you know, they all have the thousand yard stare and they, the lieutenant, the cigar chomping lieutenant is yeah, yeah. indescribably uh, into Hadrian Sawback and also yeah. the one the one woman that intimidates him. Uh, and they they end up on his zero gravity ping pong table. I, the, the, yep. the only woman he uh, actually ends up there considering he's invited every woman on the on the ship and even some who aren't to to join him in that ping pong table. I was yeah. relieved. There's that scene where you when you first meet all the Marines and he lists like all seven of their names and they or all something. have names names it's so good yeah it's yeah. Uh, like sweepy uh muffy and then one is charles not chuck yeah it was yeah. charles not chuck is the best one. Oh my god lots but of good names in malazan you're always meeting these like squads of mm. six marines that have a ton of names and i'm yeah. like i can't remember i can't i'm the names are gone i'm forgetting every name Hmm. So I was well, relieved that the, these these Marines that the names weren't a, you know what I mean that none of yeah, these well, were they, important. And exactly. Were, yeah, well, they, they, yeah. they, they they comment on well they never take their helmets off so we never know what they look like so it doesn't yeah. matter when we lose them. <laughs> oh, so so that was kind of self referential I guess then. Uh, yeah, Harrison that's funny. Kind of poking fun at his own uh, his own habits. That's cool. I, 
I, I, I, and that's what I was telling you about. I think I, I read it. I don't know. Yeah. He writes about Marines. I guess it's a part of Steve's shtick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, yeah. Do some closing thoughts. I gotta say, in total, uh, I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the yeah. book. It's such a specific book. I guess I would have to... I don't know if I'd tell everyone I know to read it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's kind of a specific parody. Mm-hmm. But I do think if anyone picks up the book, they're going to have a pretty good time. You know, yeah. I guess that's how I feel. You know, if yeah, you're looking if so- to... If you're looking to chill out in Loki space joke zone, mm-hmm. I think this book's going to take you where you want to go. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I think if if space or sci-fi is even kind of your thing, like, yeah. And and I I don't know. I'd be curious to what you think, AJ and you, Nate, because my passing, I feel like I got that it, I got what it was riffing on, but maybe mm-hmm. missed these specific beats that Nate's referenced. Yeah. AJ, how did you feel kind of, it seems like you kind of knew the least in a way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, I've seen clips and, you know, I know what pop culture has told me about Star Trek, which I think is, is really all you need. Yeah. I think like, you can get you know the, pretty far on that alone. Yeah. And you know, the general like vibe of what the original Star Trek was, uh, uh, which was like very easy to read, you know, <laughs> from yeah. a clip, from a clip. So you see one clip of Star Trek and you're like, ah, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, th- you know, even if, even without that, that direct parallel, like it's still just a very funny book. Um, yeah. but I do think you it's would funny. lose a lot. I think you would lose a lot of like, why is this guy such an asshole? Like, why do I want to read about this guy? I think, I think that is something you might lose if you don't really know anything yeah. about Star Trek, but it's, yeah. it's really interesting that you guys say that because I feel like while I was reading it, I was noticing all of the specific Star Trek references and hmm. I was getting a lot of enjoyment out of those specific ones. I've got notes here that are just, you know, full of random bits and bobs that are referencing specific things. Like for instance, a really small moment on page 10. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the the the, the clips of uh, Commander Riker on, on Star Trek The Next Generation. The way he mm-hmm. sits in a chair, he swings his leg up over the chair to sit down right. in it because, because the actor had a back problem and he didn't like bending over. So he did that. And, and that's the way that Riker sits in a chair. It's becoming an internet meme, the Riker sit. But uh, he Hadrian sits in his chairs like that all the time, apparently. So that's hmm. just a fun moment that I'm sure you guys didn't notice. And I was just like nope, picking up all. millions of these going, oh, these are so fun. This is so yeah. much fun. Just picking up these fun little specifics. And I was like really surprised to hear you guys say how much you liked it, considering I thought the enjoyment was mostly in those specific moments. But I guess you're right, mm-hmm. AJ, considering that you know the vibe of Star Trek, you know what that vibe is. You know when somebody's making fun of the 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 kind of aims and goals and silliness uh, kind of haughtiness that Star Trek is without right. having the specific uh, kind of vocabulary for what the specifics are, but still getting the the general idea of how fun it is. Because, you know, as many jokes that are specific references, there's also a million jokes that are entirely Steve Erickson originals. Yeah, totally. That are just, yeah. that are just silly things that happened in space. So yeah, yeah. I, it is it is really fun read. It's, uh, it's kind of an an interesting romp it's it's very light uh i'm not i'm mm-hmm. not looking for my next big thinker book uh in the in the willful child series but uh <laughs> yeah but by the end of it i i was really interested to read the next one like i i, yes. I really yeah. i really would read the next one whereas starting out noticing that hadrian was kind of such a, a tool was a little difficult to start out with and it, it really made the kind of first chunk of the book maybe the first quarter first third kind of difficult to pick back up and go uh do i care about this asshole enough to keep mm. reading about his mm. dumb exploit 
traits, but uh, but the charm of it, the charm of the jokes, the charm of the the kind of self-referential humor really kept me coming back. And and by the end of it, I uh, like I said, I, I do think I want to um, check out the the next book in the series if I ever get a chance. I think it's yeah. called Wrath of Betty. Wrath Maybe. of Betty, yeah. Yes, uh, which uh, I'm sure you guys caught is a reference to uh, the Star Trek film, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, yes. it's, 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 I'm sure, I think the other title is also a reference. The third book in the series is also a reference to a title. I don't remember it offhand. Honestly, hmm. I know Rath Khan and I didn't put the two of them together. I was too wrapped <laughs> up in the Betty of it all. <laughs> because Betty's just, a funny name. Is that what you're getting yeah, at? Yeah. I was just like, I, what is this Betty deal? Yeah. No, yeah. Nate, I think you're dead on. And I think that's a good caveat. You know, I think the book's a great pickup if you have the right expect, like if expectation, like if you're yeah. coming in for fun space comedy a satire i think you're gonna be having a good time because yeah. i can't overstate it i mean the book's funny you know yeah. it's got jokes it you seems know? like if if what you're interested in is a malazan level uh interweaving plots with lots of setups that aren't paid off for three books from now uh you're probably not gonna get that yeah and yeah. especially <laughs> since in the malazan series you know steve's really trying to like tackle the human condition and like the Certainly. scope of human history and like really big stuff yeah, yeah right. that's it, it's a different it's a different vibe here yeah. on, the, on the willful child <laughs> because the, the big the big issues are uh joked at in passing like colonialism exactly. and sexism and and racism and all, all kind of interesting topics are uh, yeah. are joked at in the uh, and then um, it seems like put down for to bed and go well that's good let's go to pass well, on to the that. next one <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah much as star trek did that was entirely star trek's uh bit was this week's uh high horse this this week's soapbox is race <laughs> there's literally an episode <laughs> right there's literally an episode where uh the 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 alien of the week is one half white and one half black and there's there's two different types on this one planet where the left half is black and the right half is white and they don't like the ones where the left mm. half is wh- whatever the reverse of that whatever, sure, whatever sure, sure. I just right. said, the yeah. it's very that's, very that's on the super notes deep. believe it or not yeah. Nate I followed the analogy from <laughs> <laughs> so yeah right yeah. exactly so uh, making those passing, passing references just it just makes you feel so warm and fuzzy inside as a, as a Star Trek fan so I'm mm. really happy to hear that you guys enjoyed it too yeah, yeah. honestly yeah. I'm glad that you you got some special Star Trek, like, because I kind of assumed there'd be a special Star Trek vibe that Pete just wasn't getting, you know? Right. Yeah. And honestly, there's there's no shortage of uh, Star Trek spoofs out there in the universe for people to check out if they're if they're interested in people making fun of Star Trek. But Willful Child is is one of the one of the ones yeah. that I will keep like uh, uh, like I mentioned, Futurama, a great parody of Star Trek every you know few episodes with Zach Browning and Galaxy Quest. Awesome. Uh, there's uh you know the the kind of hitchhiker's guide uh, mm, stuff yeah. that the, mm-hmm. that you'll get every once in a while and then um there's a comic that I read called attack pattern tugs like there's stuff out there for star trek fans to find parodies of star trek but uh, yeah, wolfen child is definitely an interesting it's definitely up there for me i, I i'm going to yeah. keep it in that kind of parody pantheon worth your cool. time yeah, it's definitely worth your time for sure uh um, yeah thanks thanks to steve for the hot wreck uh, Steve Eric's <laughs> of his yeah. own book. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, 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 the hot wreck of his <laughs> he own came book. on your podcast to promote his other book. But honestly, it, it was a hey, good, and it it was a good wreck. What a, uh, yeah. Hey, we're recording. Hey, he got, huh? Yeah, he got three purchases out of it at least. He got yeah. three purchases. Can't say he did it. Steve's out there hustling. You know, gotta yeah. get that bag. Three <laughs> books at a time. <laughs> All right. Oh. Um, 
Well, I think that wraps about wraps it up, right, guys? Yeah. yeah thanks and, for having um, me on, guys. This was fun. Oh yeah, my gosh. Nate, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it was it was great uh, when Peter came to me and said, "Yeah, I want to do this book," but I think Nate should also come on because he and it was like, I immediately was like, "Yes, absolutely." <laughs> like Nathan needs to be on well, the show. Well, because you know, aren't, the normal show has like different le- like different uh, mm-hmm. levels of familiarity oh, with absolutely. the genre, and I thought it was good to emulate it in a way. And that's part of the the charm of ten very big books is that's that's oh. kind of the the key concept. Wow. If, if, oh my I, gosh, if I were you. to pitch it to someone else, oh, you guys hey. kind of uh, you know <laughs> oh, you guys have different levels of interest and uh, oh expertise in the genre. So it's, I, I was really wow. flattered to be brought on as as the expert, the the Peter Nate, role, Nate, if you will. Do, do you pitch yeah. our podcast a lot? I would, uh, you uh, know. <laughs> I'm we're we're not important, you know. I'm gonna be honest. No, I don't <laughs> pitch it a lot. The, uh, maybe ne- maybe next niche. time you're at a party or something, you could bring it up. You know. Yeah. The niche yeah. is very small. However, if I yeah. ever mention, you know, my friends Peter and AJ and and their friends, well, Josh is now my friend as well, and and India, uh, who all do a podcast together, and they go, oh, what's it about? That's part of the pitch. Is is the different levels of there interest and and expertise? I think that's a a key part of what you guys do, and it's a it's a really cool project. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, <laughs> All right, Nate. Peter's done yeah. All right, yeah. Of course, Nate, thanks for coming on. But I also want to say before we go, I don't know if AJ, are you, I don't know if you're doing a post-credits thing, but... Um, um, I was, I don't I don't think so, because we only have the, there's one more episode coming next week. Yeah, and, but yeah. let's all to say, this is obviously our first time in the non-Malazan zone, because yeah. we it kind of, we're doing, an, this is kind of a different thing, so... Yeah. Um, right, taking we a just job thought, elsewhere. Yeah, we yeah. thought we'd just we'd give it a shot. Uh, we're trying to keep the off season interesting. We're trying to keep the feed clean, though. You know, we yeah. kind of want to. You know, we understand. So, but please let us know what you think of the sh- think of the show, and let us know this, if anyone's yeah. read the book. You know, I'd love to mm-hmm. hear. Yes. Um. So, and it I sounds think like I've... people should let you guys know if uh, they want to hear episode two in the, yeah. in the Will yeah. 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 series. It... There's three books in the series. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear yeah, about so... the Wrath of Betty, yeah, or if you have any uh, hot. Steve Erickson book reads. <laughs> we could read yeah. his uh, first debut novel if we're really yeah. just going full. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know what you think of our first time kind of mm-hmm. out of Malazan, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, we're going back. We got memories of ice on the plate, but still. Coming up. Yeah. Coming uh, up. Yeah. You, you can tweet those thoughts at us at 10 Very Big Books, or you can uh, email them to us, uh, 10 Very Big Books at gmail.com, uh, or you can send us a voice message. Link for that is in the show description. We'll be sure to show all that stuff to Nate if you say nice things about Nate. Well, thanks, guys. If you say mean stuff about Nate, uh, consider yourself blocked. <laughs> ah, shut him down. <laughs> no. Um, I'm glad but you guys we... will be filtering that for me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the 10 Very Big Books will be back uh, next week with one more off-season episode, a very special off-season special episode. Special episode. Yes. Uh, another and then special the week episode? After that, another, another special, special episode. episode. You guys are full uh, of specials. And the week after that, yeah, uh, Memories of Ice will be up Yeah. after that. So Part one. Part one. Stay I tuned. Can't, I can't. It's so funny. I don't. I, I don't mean to detract, but yeah. like, like at the like in August, I was fucking dying to start Dead Owl Skates. I was like, let's get this fucking book going. <laughs> and then by like halfway through or near the end, I'm like, goddamn, we need to fucking finish this book already. <laughs> you know, because it's just it, it takes a long time to make the show and and record yes. it all. So like right now, I am dying to read Memories of Ice. Yeah. I'm fucking dying over here. But I know yeah. in like four months, I'm gonna be like, where the fuck is House of Chains? What is up book four? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Uh, cool. So thanks so much for listening. Um, uh, follow the show on Twitter. Email us, all that stuff. Yep. 
Bye. Thanks, Nate, for coming. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.